With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is The Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. The championship to New Jersey. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. There it is, uh, Doc Emmerich. Wow, way to kiss up to the Philly host, Manny Hill. Great, well done. <laughs> I figured I'd drop that in there for you, Tommy. <laughs> that was nice. That was nice. I was actually on the ice when uh, when the clock was winding down. So pretty pretty cool memory. When did the goosebumps start? Uh, well, we had a we had a lead. Uh, you guys were up big. We were up big, like five to two, yeah. with seven or eight minutes left, and so we started um, feeling it pretty early. In fact. Uh, our teammate, Mike Peluso, Minnesotan, yeah. was so moved that uh, he was moved to tears and was on the bench welling up, and and we were all you know enjoying it. But uh, it really it spoke a lot about what it meant to, to him and, sure. and, the, and the group that we had because, you know, a grown man in the NHL probably wouldn't cry unless they felt pretty close with their teammates and we were all comrades. So, yeah, great memories. But uh, anyway... Great to be on the ride with you guys, and uh, I feel like I'm probably a little over my my skis, but this is Tom Chorsky filling in for Patrick Royce, and uh, Chris and Manny are going to help me along, and uh, it's going to be great. We're going to have fun. This is always, and I always tell people that people that take vacation around the holidays, you're dummies. This is the best time to work because, A, traffic is awesome. <laughs> you always get the great parking spot because nobody's here. I love working around the holidays. Yeah, and I heard the traffic out on the road is supposed to be like the worst. Today, today is supposed to be yeah the bad day, but then by tomorrow because everybody's either at where they're going or they're staying home. Yeah, I'm yeah. go I'm going nowhere, right? I've got I've got hockey tournaments to go to this weekend. I've got family Thanksgiving here, so I'm not going anywhere. I'm I'm thrilled to be sitting right where I am. Fantastic. I do have a serious wild question for you. Yeah, and I know you and Joe talked about it briefly last hour, but I watched a. A little bit of the game, and I, you know, I, I don't really dive headfirst into hockey until football season is pretty much wrapped up. Yeah, but I still watch it because I love hockey. Right. I have an observation. I don't think the Wild. I just don't think the Wild are very good. Is that a fair assessment? Well, they're not good at playing sixty minutes right now. I know that, and they're, they're inconsistent. Um, but and this has been mentioned, they don't have that 
superstar elite player like sure. a Steven Stamkos or Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews. So they have to score by the proverbial committee. And uh, when that's the case, you need to be healthy and more than one line needs to be going well. And you have to be defending well in case you don't get more than two goals or three goals. So for them to win, a lot has to, they have to play mistake free. They have to play mistake free and mm-hmm. they all have to, you know, three 80% of their guys have to be going well on their game and, and you know, they just can't really, there's not a lot of room for error and uh, because of their makeup. And, you know, another, another point might be that they don't have those, those marquee players that when they get on the power play, they're just their money. Right. Well, and, and I think last year and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think last year they, in the regular season anyway, they, they fell short in the playoffs, but in the regular season, I think they largely overachieved given the expectations that were kind of heading into last season. And I know the owner came up before this season started saying, listen, it's the Stanley Cup or bust. Like that, that, those were his expectations. And I think a lot of people, fans included, just thought, well, they had, you know, one of the best records in the entire league last year, that it was just a foregone conclusion that it was going to repeat this year. That's far from it. Well, right now it's a little early and you know I always allow for the possibility of trades although trades are are difficult to pull off in this day and age with salary cap constraints yeah. and um and and the movement issues that uh that the collective bargaining agreement puts on these teams. So, it it can be tough, but um they also were looking at there are some of these young core guys, a Charlie Coyle, a Jason Zucker, yeah. uh, Grandland, um, these guys, Nino Nina Ryder. They're hoping that they haven't ceilinged yet. They're hoping that they're still getting better and that those players can can continue to to contribute a little bit more. And and they're not far off, right? It doesn't take much. And I do think they they might be a, a good playoff team if they peak at the right time because they do have depth. And if their power play is going pretty well, they've got that. I think they've got the good makings to be a good penalty killing team against the opposing power play. Uh, Dubnik can be good, right? So it's too early to to throw in the towel or think they're they're not a good team. I I think, but uh, like I said, a lot has to be going right for them to win games, and it just feels like it's a lot more work than for some other teams that. Uh, Seem to be able to put the puck in the net a little bit easier. So with that, sorry, man, I need to So with that, because I know a lot of fans and you know people that are on this radio station that love hockey, they ripped Jason Pomville. Do they miss him with their lack of scoring? Well, he's actually he's one of the bright spots in Buffalo when they play the Sabers uh, uh, tomorrow night, and he's he's continued. He scored for them. I didn't think we were going to miss him. I thought, you know, he 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 was kind of a little one-dimensional for me. He could score decently, um, had a pretty good shot. He would kind of go streaky, but and I get why they they had to move his money, and I, I get why they yeah, made the move. I'm yeah, just, yeah, they had to move. They you know they were going to move him back, and they found you know the the Sabers took him back. He was their captain, so it made sense. And I never really spent a lot of time around him, but I will say this: anyone he lived uh, in in Edina, and and his kids played hockey. They're younger than mine, and I'd bun, run into people that were on the same teams with him, and they said couldn't have been a nicer guy. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good, but I didn't think they were going to miss him. But right now, when they when they do seem to be missing some scoring, and again they had injuries. Granlin was out, Nina was out, Zach Parise's out. They're missing a little bit of that uh, that offense. But I, in the end, I don't think we miss him that much. You kind of touched on what my next question was going to be. In that, you know, you talked about the like the young guys because I've said for a couple of years that. You know, getting Parisi and Suter to come in was great because they were veteran guys and they were, 
You know, they were the top two free agent names on the market at that time. And but I always felt like, okay, those guys are going to be who they were, but they need one of these young guys to really step up and become a superstar type player. Does does Zucker or Granlund or Coyle do any of those guys have that in them to to sort of take that next step and become like an elite player? Because it seems like that's really what they need. Yeah, I wouldn't. I you know I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't put them in the category of Austin Matthews right. and, and Connor McDavid and. Uh, guys of that nature, but they 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 still can be very very good players. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier too that one of the challenges the Wild has had is that they finish middle of the pack and they finish in the playoffs. They they make the playoffs and anyway it, it impacts their their draft position and they aren't able to draft in the top five yeah. um, each year and so it's harder to find those those um, players that are going to develop. And they never into, really have aside from. No, the year where they drafted Gabby really high, right. but that was they were an expansion team. Right, at that they, time. they got the high, one of the high picks then. So, well, and didn't they lose their first and second with the trade with is it Hansel from Arizona? Didn't they give up a first and yeah. second last year? Yeah, I mean, no, we wouldn't see that player for another true, true. four or five years anyway. But um, so, what you're really hoping is that uh, Zucker does um, continue to to uh, I guess elevate his game, and and it looks like he will. He's he's off to a really good start. Uh, Nino is going to be very good. Granlin, when he's going, he had a, a career year last year. Charlie Coyle yeah. uh, had a very good year last year. So um, those guys can still elevate their game. And if, and if we get into January and by then, hopefully, you know, the team's clicking. One thing I'd love to do, because I love when Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux speaks his mind, because I think he's oh, fantastic yeah. at it. It's Did you great ever see for him? us. Did you ever see him when he was on uh, 24-7? Oh, God. With, yeah. The, the deal. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's great. It's but I'd love to pump him full of truth serum and ask him about Matt Dumba. I have, a fe- <laughs> I have a feeling the head coach would give us a few thoughts of his own. Because the kid possesses all the ability in the world. He really does. He does. He does. He just sometimes his decision-making seems to be lacking. Although, um, if he can you know, get into a, into a, um, a, a zone and he seems to be playing better now. Um, he does, he plays with little jam. He's got a big shot that, that seems to be able to he's find tough. its way to the back of the net. Yeah. He's willing to be tough. So, and he's still young, right? I think he's just a little immature. He needs to just a few more, a couple more years maybe. And he'd just start to grow up a little bit and he'll be a good player. Well, with that, we'll, uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back with the drive and this is Tom Chorsky and we'll see you in a few. Back on the ride. This is Tom Chorsky filling in for Patrick Royce and getting to hang out with Chris and Manny and uh, guys. It's a pleasure, isn't it? It's it's this is a pleasure. This is <laughs> this will be the highlight of my week probably. Uh, I was searching through the uh, Twitter sphere before the Devils and Wild game, doing a little bit of homework that way because it's just kind of easier to track down uh, information about the opposing team. And I, I stumbled onto a media person that was covering the Devils, and they were in St. Paul for the first time. Okay. And one of the things she she threw out there was, I'm in St. Paul for the first time. Where should I go? What should I do? And then there was a bunch of comments, so people started giving okay. suggestions. Okay. And a, there was a lot of go find a Juicy Lucy Sure, because like a lot of people that burgers. are coming in from out of town, yeah, absolutely, they, just, yes. they think that the Juicy Lucy is good, Mall but, of America, which isn't even in St. Paul. But uh, but you know what, though, with the Juicy Lucy debate, yes, that's a great yes. suggestion, but then that that own entity explodes into a Twitter right. uh, back and forth between who has the best one. And right. you, you really don't win that argument because there's about six spots in the Twin Cities 
or in St. Paul that are fantastic. Right. So it's tough to choose. Right. I, and she actually, the first reaction to her was when you said, when someone wrote, said, go find it, go have a Juicy Lucy. She was taken back. Like, what, what is that? What is that? What right. are you talking about? Oh, man. Um, but, and, and there was, uh, let's see here, wild rice soup at St. Paul Grill. Surly, Surly Brewing, sure. which you, oh, yeah. you would be familiar with. Just down with. the street, absolutely. Well, and you're, you're talking beer later, right? Yeah, beer shows on 6 o'clock tonight. Thank you for the pub, Tom Chorsky. Can I can I come on sometime? Do you want to stick we... around? You can absolutely hang out if you want to. I, I might. I I don't know. I, well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. As Manny can attest, mm-hmm. usually the beer shows on Thursday nights from 6 to 7 right here on 1500 ESPN. The boys that come on the show, because I'm not allowed to partake until after the show is complete at yeah. 7 o'clock, it's an agreement that I have with management here at Hubbard, which is just fine with me. Seems reasonable. But the green room, a.k.a. the conference room over there, yeah. gets a little festive before the beer show begins. As it should. <laughs> so you'll be you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to absolutely take part in the well, beer show I'm gonna, tonight. I'm going to take part a little bit. Nice. Um, so back to this. Like, so what do you what would what would you guys say? What would the St. Paul folks that I'm sitting with say? Juicy Lucy, especially if it's somebody from out of town. This is their first time in St. Paul. From I think the East Coast, yeah, absolutely. Juicy Lucy's got to be at the top of the list. But there's so many great spots to eat Correct. in St. Paul. So Correct. if you're not a burger person, I mean, you've got. Cassettes, Mancini's, you've got all these mm-hmm. great spots to eat. And, and and that's for the large part, that's what most media member members are after is right. I want a good spot to eat and just have a little bit of downtown. And a lot of those places are like right down the street from yeah. the yeah. too, like right right in downtown. It's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Except for Tom Reeds. We don't like Tom at all, so don't go there. Someone told someone <laughs> someone did tell her to go and have the pecan crusted walleye. Oh, apparently, that is good. Apparently have it's you, pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah, I've I've had that at Tommy's place. Yep. Well, I just thought I'd get a quick quick uh, reply from you guys on that and one. And the thing is, when you're covering a team, you have such limited availability, especially when it's a sport like hockey, when you're basically you're flying in, you're, you, you do the game, and then you're flying out. You don't really have much flexibility with your schedule. Whereas when it's baseball and you're there for three or four days, you, you've got time to go to a couple different spots. But so that's th- why it's different. But those these these folks, these media types, and I can speak for the, the crew um, that I work with on TV – uh, like a guy like Kevin Gorg, I mean, he doesn't like to go to bars and restaurants, but he'll always go see a movie if he can in the, in the afternoon. When he's going, he, okay, before yeah, he I mean, covers the before game. Before he covers the game, he'll go to, like, he's a big movie guy, but I, the other guys are, are foodie types, and they are sure. going to good restaurants, and they're going to have a glass of wine with a nice meal. And so it is part of the part of that culture of, of the, the media folks that travel with teams because they do get to go to different cities and try different places, and, and they want to know where do I go. You absolutely get to experience a lot of different cultures in, throughout the country, too. It's, 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 it's a good perk that goes with the job. Yep, it, it really is. Um, the other thing, I switching gears a little bit to the Minnesota Vikings, uh, we've talked a little bit about hockey and and you're a big football guy, Bruce Boudreau, and well, what I like is I like, and I don't, I'm not deep diving. Uh, you guys can help me here, but what I see in in Coach Zimmer, I like. Uh, he seems to be and, and and Spielman. I think they've got a good thing going here, right? Six games in a row, and can we get to the Super Bowl? And I don't know. They uh, they we were discussing yesterday after their after they beat the Rams that they have put themselves into contention in the NFC and I think it's largely due to the fact that the team to the east lost their star quarterback and that that hasn't hurt their chances obviously to win the division but I think it, it, in the NFC but the NFL has such parity to begin with that I think we're seeing that really rear its head this this particular season now Philadelphia is good Philadelphia is a very good team they're a game ahead of the Vikings in the NFC but Outside of the Eagles, 
And Manny, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think that there really is a clear dominant team in the league this year. Not really. I mean, the Saints the Saints defense is, has improved from previous years, but the last couple of weeks they've kind of their defense has kind of gotten lit up a little bit. Um so yeah, I I I I don't think there really is another team. Even I mean, even with Philadelphia as well as they're playing, I don't think that they are an infallible team. I, I think they're beatable. I think you know, to take a team like the Vikings or the Saints, perhaps, to maybe go into Lincoln Financial Field and beat them. But I, I think both of those teams really have have the formula uh, to go in and beat a team like Philadelphia because they run the football and they can play pretty good defense. And that's what's going to help them in, in the postseason is that, that as the, the old saying goes, defense travels. I mean, it's, it's yeah. much easier to go into a place when you know you're strong on the defensive side of the ball to be able to stop somebody and who knows? I mean, there's a there's still a lot of season left to be played. I mean, we're only we're we're not even to Thanksgiving yet. And I mean, there's still what six six yeah. games left. So a lot's going to change between now and the end of the regular season. But yeah, what what Zimmer's done after losing his starting quarterback, after losing his uh, you know top running back and their their top draft pick this year, wow, I, it, yeah. it is is Forgot pretty remarkable. That. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, defense travels. Right. Same thing in hockey. Oh yeah, same thing in hockey, right? Uh, and then in the AFC, I mean. New England obviously is is going to be there every single season, but yeah, I mean it's it's going to be wide open, and that's what makes this league so popular is because every team, unless you're the Cleveland Browns, they go into the season thinking they have a chance. They 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 do, and that's what's that's why this league is as popular as it is. Right. I, I think the last these last six weeks are going to be really critical, as they are pretty much every year, because I think you really start to see who is really really serious. And who is kind of good, but probably not quite yet. Like Kansas City goes into New England and just destroys the Patriots in Week One on that Thursday night, and they right. get out to that five and zero start, and everybody's like, yep. "Oh my goodness, Alex Smith is taking the next step, and Kareem Hunt, this rookie, he's fantastic, right. he's and fast now, boy." Yeah, but now they've lost four or five, and now they just look like an ordinary, an ordinary football team. And if you so. look at like like Dallas, for instance, they had the best record in the NFC last year. Zeke Elliott gets suspended; they lost their left tackle. They're not even going to make the postseason this year. I mean that's how that's that's just how much the the league can change while all these teams are for the most part pretty similar by nature. Well, and momentum has a lot to do oh, with yeah. it. And yep. as and as you get further into the season, right? Like Manny was just saying, we're going to see who who the real deal is as you get closer and closer and who can who can elevate their game and step up. And the one thing I think the Vikings really have going they they are one of the teams that really does have a dominant home field advantage. I know they lost to Detroit in week whatever that was week 4. That was week 4, yeah. But but they really are tough to beat at US Bank Stadium. Isn't it it's I've been part of a of a team that moved into a new building. It it can make a difference. Gives you an extra some extra juice. I mean it gives the fans you know a little more energy and I think just being in a new building is it, it can be energizing, and it seems like it has been for the Vikings. And too. that's why Thursday is huge. I mean, obviously, if they if they beat Detroit, which I think they're going to do, if they beat Detroit, they've now got a three game cushion. And because if they lose now, Detroit's only a game out, and they have the tiebreaker over the Vikings because they they would have beaten them twice. And I, Detroit I has the easier remaining schedule. That's too. true. Yeah. yeah, but if yeah. but if the Vikings win, and I think they will, they really are setting themselves up pretty good for the rest of the season. And what they don't have, because Joe made sure when before he bolted out of here to make that that light <laughs> that, that light, yeah, he always has to make the light, <laughs> the three fifty nine so light. He tries to be as gracious as he can, but he leaves without saying goodbye. 
Um, <laughs> don't is, take it personal, by don't, the way. <laughs> I don't. He does it every day. I don't. I don't. But they don't have a, a quarterback controversy, do they? No. And Joe said they do not. I think, and I've been on this. I've been on this kick for a while now. I think Zimmer has been doing this with Case for the last couple of weeks because this is how he feels. He needs to personally motivate him. And and Zimmer's weird like that, which is what I love about Coach Zimmer. You know, he thinks that okay, Case is by nature and has been his entire career. He's been a backup, so I got to find ways to continue to light that match underneath him, knowing that yeah, if he keeps winning, I'm not going to bench this guy. There's no reason to do that. But I think that that's how he's personally motivating his quarterback, and I think it's pretty smart. And and I think I now I'm remembering I was listening to you the other night, and you were talking about Tom Brady and Drew Brees situation. Was that you? Uh, Might have been. I don't remember what. Com- well, because they, they went we through that last phase. segment, to be honest. Well, that they went through that phase, right? Where they where were the backup. He was the yeah. backup, yeah, and yeah. ended up turning out pretty pretty well. Well, when we come back, we will we will turn towards hockey a little bit, and uh, the ride will continue. Give us 30 minutes, and we'll give you everything Pucks. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is like that. Jess Myers now joins the ride with Royce. Right now! For this edition of the Hockey Half Hour. Tom Chorsky back in for Patrick Royce on the ride. And as you just heard, Jess Myers is with us, and we're going to talk a little hockey. Welcome. Good to be here, Tom. I saw you last night a little bit. We uh, we talked in the press box. I got to ask you. I asked uh, Zach Parisi this, and I got to ask you as well. Strange watching the Devils a little bit still, or or it's still a soft spot there for you. Well, certainly good memories for me, and I'm he's still playing. I'm I'm long gone done, but uh, it's a it's a sentimental favorite, I think. Sure, and sure. and players or some of my teammates are part of the media, and I did a year in radio with them uh, back in 2006, and so I worked with Chico Resch. What's more emotional, Tom, uh, seeing the Devils like Zach did, or seeing Zach's paycheck? Um, <laughs> is that a little bit more emotional? Oh man. <laughs> Man, seeing Zach's <laughs> paycheck is more emotional. <laughs> Only eight years left on that contract. That's Come right. On, he's, he's yeah. Well, anyway. well, oh, I'm not ripping Zach. By the way, I'm just saying. No, no, I, I want to make that saying. kind of money too. No, listen, I played in Pittsburgh uh, with Yarmer Yager, and just I don't know what he was making then. Probably 11 million, but his his checks were 550 thousand dollars every 15 days oh my god goodness every two weeks he's going to the bank with, <laughs> I'd, I'd do it for half that right i'm good yeah right <laughs> i think like well maybe if we went on a road trip and he didn't cash that one and we came back and all of a sudden another payday came around he's got one point one point one just in the sock drawer and it's he's a, still active right is Yarmir, he's Yarmir playing, still in playing, calgary, yeah. playing in calgary Man, yeah unbelievable yeah so he came in like the year after i played i played 10 years I played with him my last year in 2000 in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's still playing, and that was 17 years ago. Oh wow! Like, was, the, was the Mew still there too in Pittsburgh? He was done playing, but he was he was in management and in the ownership. I just remember Yager because he was a rookie in in '91 when the Penguins made that first Stanley Cup run against the North Stars. Of course, you yeah. know he was this long haired kid wearing number 68 that nobody had ever heard of, and oh boy, he can play. He was he was really good. He was yeah. really good. Well, let's let's circle back to uh, an article you just did. We're going to go back in time a little bit, um, and and I don't know if I'd call it sentimental as we're talking about sentimental teams and games. But uh, Jess, you just wrote an article about a game that I was involved in. I wrote uh, last last weekend. Harvard, of course, came here to play the Gophers. And I thought, you know, flashing back to 1989. 
most famous game probably in Harvard history because it was their first national championship and one of the more legendary games in gopher hockey history, the 1989 national championship game, St. Paul Civic Center, the old clear boards, you know, the the, the classic uh, place that so many kids dreamed of playing if you were a Minnesota kid. Uh, you know, just, I dreamed of it and never played. Just so. a just a loaded Gophers team. I mean, just you know, and you know, some I think you described it as maybe a college hockey all star team, and that's not a far off description. I mean, you're talking, you know, just a, a very deep, very talented team with the best goalie, you know, probably in all of college hockey, and Rob Stauber in net had been a Hobie Baker winner. Had had won the Hobie the year before against a Harvard team that you know. I get it. Around here, you take them lightly because, you know, little Eastern school, Ivy League, you know, what do they know about hockey? But that was uh, a, a loaded, loaded Harvard team, too. They had three losses that year. Two of them were in overtime. You know, they had that year's Hobie winner in Lane McDonald. Uh, yeah. bunch of fiery guys like Ted Donato and C.J. Young and, and uh, Alan Burbeau and, you know, a couple of good goalies on that team. So uh, just a classic, great back-and-forth hockey game. Packed house, you know, 15,000 of the 16,000 in attendance are rooting real hard for the Gophers. Right. And, uh, you know, goes to overtime and Harvard got the win. But uh, a fun Fun memory, and I know, you know, I understand for you guys on the ice, probably some painful memories, but but just, you know, some great hockey. Yeah, it was great, and everyone always remembers to this day when you run into people and they'll say, oh, God, I was at that game, or I remember that game, and Randy Scarta hit the post. Poor Randy. <laughs> Well, he's in it. You you talk to him. What do yeah. you say? Well, he, he the great thing, and and Randy has always been good natured about this. You know, he said he's always kind of laughed it off. He said guys, you know, want to give him crap all the time, and and he's unfortunately for him one of those guys like Gary Anderson. You know, you think of him missing the one kick for the Vikings that one year. You know, or you you throw a guy's name out there, and immediately they're associated with something negative. Unfortunately, because Randy is a great guy. I mean, he's done very well for himself in financial planning and. Like I say, has always had a good sense of humor. The one thing he said, though, in 2002, he was in a suite at XL Energy Center. Grant Patoni scores in overtime. The Gophers finally get the monkey off their back and win a national championship. He said, I hear it less now. He said, when I'm checking in for a tea time and they see my name, they don't automatically say, oh, yeah, the guy who hit the pipes. So the more good. recent one kind of removed some of that. Kind of, uh, kind of some took of that some pain. of that away. Yeah, yeah we, and Grant Patoni was at the game last night. I don't know if you ran into him, but yeah, I, I saw, him, Grant a little bit. saw him in the press box. Um well, let's talk a little bit about the Wild because, you know, I get asked because I, I cover the games here and there, and, and we talked a little bit about it before, but, you know, what's missing? And, and sometimes I'm texting with Pat Micheletti, and, you know, it, it, we can't quite maybe put a finger on it all the time, or you're not in the room, so you don't really know. You know, and as much as I played and I'm around the team, I can sort of speculate, but what do you think? I just, you know, there... <laughs> This is really tough to put a finger on, but there really does seem to be one little missing element. And what impresses me, I guess, in the last two games is you see that this team has the ability to kind of flip that switch. Mm -hmm. You know, um, sleepwalked a little bit. Uh, you know, first period, they sh outshoot New Jersey 12 to 3 last night. They wound up down by a goal. Uh, on a you know, fluky kind of, goal. Kind of a fluky goal. And, you know, poor uh, poor Olofsson, you know, he, he winds up, you know, two of them going in the net off him. You know, my right. my snarky joke when the when the Wild pulled the goalie, I said, well, Olofsson's got a chance for the hat trick now. But that, that wasn't very <laughs> the, nice of the, me to the, say. The flip side was that the TV crew said on the next power play they should put him in front of their net and it'll yeah. probably bounce off him. Well, and when it went to overtime, you said, uh, you know, you can just almost guarantee Olofsson's going to get the winner here because that's <laughs> the way sports seems to go. But, but you know, and I don't know. You know, talking to Zach Parisi a little bit last night in the press box, he looks good. He said he's feeling good. He's not on the ice, back on the ice yet. But you wonder if, 
you know, here's a guy who never, ever gets outworked at anything. Here's a guy who, once he's cleared to get back on the ice, is going to go full bore. And I know he's a vocal guy in the locker room. You wonder if they're kind of missing that element, you know, that that little something that Parisi brings, not only on the ice, where he's obviously, you know, one of the one of the great players that this franchise has ever had, but that little vocal addition in the locker room. I, you know, when times get tough, it seems it's always easy to say, Where's Miko Koivu? Where's his leadership? Where's his fire to get this team going? And I think this is another one of those times where Miko hasn't done as much on the ice recently. So the you know with with the team kind of mediocre, it's like, hey, who's the guy who's going to stand up and kick the garbage can when you need that to happen and say, hey, we got to get this thing going? Yeah, well, there's no question that Zach brings his his on ice presence and his effort and his his persistence is infectious. I think and and any team that he's ever been on. They, they live off or thrive off his energy so they're definitely missing that I don't think he was going to bring a ton of a ton of goals you know he's not going to be a 30 goal scorer sure. anymore but uh he, he he finds a way to score big goals because of the way he plays and he goes to the front of the net and and I do think deep inside he he believes he can he can score a tying goal he can score a game-winning goal uh when the chips are down he steps up and plays well Couple other things I kind of wanted to talk about: uh, Erickson Eck and and Cunning going down, and and uh, what what that means for the Wild. But we'll do that when we come back. This is Tom Chorsky on the ride for Patrick Royce. Getting you caught up on the week in pucks. It's the Hockey Half Hour with Jess Myers. Combination that requires the highest level of conditioning, speed, creativity. On the ride with Royce. This is the ride with Roycey. Tom Chorsky in for Patrick Roycey, and Jess Myers is here, and we are talking hockey. And uh, we just we're going to break. We we mentioned that uh, Jules Eriksson Ek and Cunnan. Not Joel. We don't say Joel. No, not Joel. It's we spelled Joel, it. but he's Swedish, so we say Jules. Jules Eriksson Ek and uh, Cunnan today sent down to the Iowa Wild, and uh, Mitchell Zach Mitchell being called up. And Mitchell's been on a tear down in Iowa. I guess he's yeah. been, uh, playing, been I, playing very well. So. That's what I've been told as well. He was he was clearly their strongest player. And the Wild are known for rewarding um, players that that do perform well. And I, I think it's a great thing to instill in those younger players or those players in the American League to uh, to be rewarded when they when they do play well. But with Eck going down and, and Cunning going down, uh, I think it's it's pretty clear that they are first round picks that need to develop. Right, and they're as well as they're playing, uh, I guess, responsibly on the third line, and and uh, they can hang with NHLers uh, as first round draft picks. They're not going to develop much of their uh, much of their scoring ability because in order to become a twenty goal scorer or hopefully a forty goal scorer, we'd settle for thirty, but. Uh, you're not going to do it when you're you're playing in the NHL in a third line role and and having to focus on defense. Your thoughts? Well, it's interesting. You know, they say uh, the the story today was we're going to send these guys down, get them some ice time, get them some confidence, get them playing again. I wonder if that's a double edged thing. You know, it seems to me you would have more confidence saying I'm good enough to play at the NHL level when you get sent down to Iowa. There's a natural thought that. 
I'm being demoted. I can't cut it at this level, or at least they think I can't cut it at this level. But I get that. You know, you go down to that level, you're a team leader. It's, you know, this is the time of year when youth hockey teams are being picked, and there's always that thing, would you rather be the, you know, the last guy on a B team or the best player on a C team? You know, right. that's, um, especially when guys are developing. And, and at that age, I really like what I've seen out of Cunning so far. I mean, just one of those guys with a motor that's going all the time. He's got some size. He does some good stuff around the net, even if it's just taking the goalie's eyes away and, and you know going hard to the net that way. I haven't seen that kind of impact from Erickson Eck, but uh, I think, you know, obviously they saw something from him. And when you look at how much time they gave guys like Jason Zucker and Mikhail Granlund to kind of develop their game at those lower levels and how that's paying off now. You know, we used to joke, we called the, the road between Des Moines and here, we called that the Jason Zucker Expressway because he got you know, called up and sent down so many times. Now, I, you know, I don't, you'd be hard-pressed to trade him for anything with the kind of offensive impact he makes on that team. Yeah, he's really figured out his game with, with his speed and his skill, and now he's he's plays with a little bit of grit and certainly some drive, and he sticks his nose into traffic. So sure. he's figured it out. And and I do think, uh, you as you mentioned, going down can sometimes feel like a demotion. Uh, I'm sure that uh, they had good conversations with him and just said, look, we want you guys to play some power play time. We want you to score some goals and, and, and have a little more time and space to handle the puck and, and kind of get that feeling back. I get that. I, when I, when it was a long time ago, but when I went to Montreal, I made the team yep. out of training camp. Um, and I think there was an injury too to a veteran. And so there was a spot, but I really did play well enough. I was full of all kinds of, uh, you know, enthusiasm and, and, uh, and adrenaline and but after about 10 12 games that was starting to wear off and they couldn't play me the minutes that I needed to play to really get much done and so I remember they came to me and they said you're just going to go down for the weekend uh, and this was after about game 12 I think and the the team in in uh, Sherbrooke had a couple games that weekend and I thought, okay, I'm going to go down and, and I'll be back on Monday. Well, <laughs> that did not happen. I went down and never came back. But I could, I could ask you, being an American kid, getting sent to Sherbrooke, Quebec. Oh, if you're familiar. Uh, I'm not familiar, but I'm, I'm guessing small town Quebec, you know, not a lot of folks who speak English and not a lot of Americans. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> it was very, very culture shockish, uh, very small town and South, it's you know, it's actually south of Montreal between Vermont, but and it's where the Sherbrooke Sher, Sherwood hockey stick sure, yeah. factory was. So we had we had really good access to <laughs> to good sticks. But, I grew up in Warroad. Uh, I know about having good ex- yeah, you right, know, good access right. to sticks because everybody there had a Christian Brothers when exactly, I was a kid. But. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, very small town and very very French speaking uh, village almost. So that. Uh, and I had a little bit of French, so I could maybe understand a little bit. But anyway, I didn't come back from the American League, but it ended up being a good thing for me because I was able to go down and start scoring and play on the power play and um, and have some success. So hopefully that's what's going uh, what's going to bode well for them. You and I were talking off air a couple of other Iowa Wild names that the folks around here maybe are curious about. Kyle Rao, who they picked up in the offseason, who had been in Florida. I think he played uh, you know a couple dozen games for the for the Panthers last year. Mr. Hockey winner, a guy that folks around here know very well, not only from what he did at Eden Prairie, but his career with the Gophers. He it was, was a, you fantastic, know, yeah. a, a absolute spark plug on those Gopher teams. And, you know, another guy who probably should have finished his career with a national championship that game against Union was, uh, you know, a heartbreaker in a lot of ways for a, for a pretty confident team. Um, he's down in Iowa. He uh, was injured earlier in the year when they were calling guys up, so uh, hasn't gotten the call yet. 
but I'm just looking at their numbers right now. He's played a dozen games, four goals, four assists for them. So he's right in the mix as far as uh, guys who have done well offensively. The other name that people think about with the Iowa Wild, at least around here, is Mario Lucia, Don Lucia's son, you know, four-year guy at Notre Dame, uh, a second-round draft pick by the Wild. Uh, 11 games for him so far, one goal, three assists. So, you know, maybe not the numbers they're looking for for, uh, you know, a playmaking forward like they had kind of projected him. Yeah, pretty high draft pick, second round, and uh, and certainly considered an offensive player, so... Um, he's adjusting maybe to to uh, pro hockey, and sometimes it takes a little while. But physically, he's certainly gifted enough to play the play the pro game. And then there's there's Justin Cluse as well, who who got a shot. Yep, got a couple games this year with uh, with the Wild. Which which would actually, I was a little surprised that uh, that he got such a quick look, but um, he came up and and I didn't see him play, but from what I understand, he looked pretty good. And, and, you know, he is the type of player that can score goals because that's what he did in college. And sometimes, uh, just having that belief and having that skill set can, can work for you in uh, pro hockey for the bulldog fans out there too. Carson yeah. Susie, 16 games at defense, uh, for them. He's got one goal so far and, uh, two assists, you know, you're not looking for points from him uh, as a defenseman, but, uh, doing pretty well. And speaking of bulldogs, congratulations to Dom, uh, Tani Anato, who was on a captain for the bulldogs last year when they made it to the national championship yeah. game, just played his first NHL game with the uh, Colorado avalanche and he got his first assist. So, uh, and then, and then he got hurt and then he got hurt. Yeah. So unfortunately but, we probably won't see him here Friday when the, when the avalanche comes down but he's a good hockey player yeah he, he'll he'll do very well there you know his dad was a a great player on those those bulldog teams in the mid 80s that made a run to the national championship game as well so you uh, remember that yeah i i well, you're from up there and, i was in high school then but i uh, but i remember uh, you know surdy uh, kind of came out of nowhere and has some pretty amazing teams there for a couple of years well i'm getting the hook here so the ride is going to return i'm tom charsky in for patrick Royce, and we'll be back Tom Chorsky back in the ride, on the ride, in for Patrick Royce and joined by Jess Myers. And we are talking puck and uh, we've covered the wild. We've covered a little bit of a college and let's let's talk high school. The girls have started already. They have. And the boys start this weekend. I, there were jamborees all over the state last week, and I actually went up to War Oden Rosa, believe it or not. Uh, How was it? We had a great time. Uh, my son is, is going to be a senior playing for Simley High School down in Invergrove Heights, and uh, his team went up there, got to scrimmage some teams you don't normally see, got to play in that old rink in Rosa where I know Manny used to do some work back when he was a radio guy up there. And uh, what a great experience for the kids. I mean, just, you know, and good hockey, too. I've and, been up there a few times with, with our kids, and, and the people are so gracious. They they treat they give you a, a, a spaghetti dinner downstairs oh, yeah. at the at the Legion. The the Rozo folks are smart. They have a youth hockey tournament just about every weekend up there. Right. And every Sunday at or Saturday at noon they've got a spaghetti feed at the VFW. So yep. you know they're they're yep. raising money. They're feeding the kids. I mean it's it's just a great system they have. The folks in Warro you know do a nice job. People come up there. They play in a tournament. They go ice fishing. I mean make a whole weekend out of it. So uh, and the hockey is fantastic. The that, Ro- Ro- that Rozo team is really stacked. The Rozo boys are coming down to Edina. I think in in about ten days. Yep. So uh, and Grand Rapids, the story, you know, won the title last year. They lost their coach, um, McLaughlin, their probably their best player. Decided he's going to stay in the USHL. He's going to be a Gopher next year. Uh, so a much different scene for them. And and Moorhead, it sounds like is the team to beat now. Well, it's going to be fun to get the high school hockey going as well, and we'll be in full force. Not too long here. Everyone have a uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Jess, thanks for coming in. Good talking to you, Tom. Yep, and we will be back from the ride.